Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Here's a wild number. Bay Area tech companies have laid off more than 35,000 people in November, according to the Silicon Valley Business Journal. We don't know how many of those are local versus global employees, but here in the Bay Area, lots of tech workers on H-1B visas have been thrown into a tough situation. Find a new job fast or leave the country. If they have to leave, we don't know when somebody's coming back. Today, the frantic job hunt for H-1B visa holders. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. In truth, one of the first thoughts I had when uh, we started to see the mass layoffs uh, getting announced was, how is this going to impact H-1B visa holders? Rachel Myro is senior editor for KQED's Silicon Valley Desk. An awful lot of people who are making use of the H-1B visa program, hundreds of thousands of people, really are the holders of multiple academic degrees. Uh, People who can do the lab work, can do all kinds of sophisticated software engineering and program management. These companies, year upon year upon year, bring in tens of thousands of people on the H-1B visa to get done what needs to be done. So it sounds like uh, many of these tech companies really rely on H-1B visa holders 
to do what they do. These are like engineers. These are programmers. Can you remind us what an H-1B visa is? So an H-1B visa is a temporary visa, typically three years at a stretch, that allows a U.S. company to bring in a person with a specialized skill set. And even though it's temporary, it's specifically called a non-immigrant visa, many H-1B visa holders really do want to stay in the United States. Uh, And so they have to apply for the legal right to work here permanently and get a green card if they want to do that. Otherwise, they're on a a temporary three-year visa that either has to be re-upped or they have to find new work with another employer that wants to sponsor them. Do we know how many H-1B visa holders have actually been laid off from tech jobs in Silicon Valley? You know, I I directly asked uh, the companies that have announced layoffs recently, and they declined to comment, more or less. But if you look at figures from the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Agency, you can kind of get a rough idea what percentage of each company's workforce is on an H-1B visa. That's not the same thing as the percentage of people laid off who are on H-1B visas. I don't have that answer for you, Erica. But uh, we we can say, for instance, something like 10 to 15 percent of Lyft's workforce, at least before these layoffs, was on an H-1B visa. Maybe closer to 10 percent at Meta, Twitter, Amazon. A lot of things are up in the air now, but but uh, we are talking about a significant percentage of the working population in Silicon Valley. And how quickly do H-1B visa holders need to find work to avoid deportation? There's a specific rule that last day of employment triggers a 60-day grace period. They have 60 days to find out uh, if they can land another employer who will sponsor them for an H-1B visa, or they have to return to their country of origin. And we know that that Silicon Valley is full of H-1B visa holders. Well, Rachel, has anyone in this position, like an H-1B visa holder laid off from a tech company scrambling to find a new job, has anyone been willing to go on record with you to talk about this story? No. (laughs) No. You know, I think for a lot of people who are, you know, in a panic, trying to figure out what's legal, what's not legal, there are so many reasons why you might not want to talk to somebody on the record, certainly with your name. One, you've signed a non-disclosure agreement and you're worried that you might not get all of that severance if you break your NDA. Uh, Silicon Valley companies are notorious for having very comprehensive NDAs and, and for enforcing them very comprehensively. Another reason might just be vague but understandable fears that uh, somehow speaking to the press might negatively impact your your applications pending with the federal government. I mean, if you haven't been able to talk with H-1B visa holders in this position, have you been able to talk with anyone who knows what kind of position they might be in right now? There's that old, you know, Mr. Rogers uh, statement, look for the helpers. 
And, you know, if you want to find people who are talking to H-1B visa holders who are now in a panicked search for new employment, you look for the helpers. On LinkedIn, people were trying to help individuals out and it was getting overwhelming for them. I don't think people realize how many people were affected. Vidi Agarwal is an H-1B visa holder herself. I should say still employed at uh, the San Francisco software company Databricks. Essentially, what we started off with was just like a way to help our friends, was just like, how do we connect these acquaintances and friends to people in our network? What Vidi and a buddy of hers have have done here in putting together a kind of, you know, personal database is, is bring people who are looking for jobs in contact with people who need people to take the jobs they have to offer today. And so we said, can we centralize information from these people, not expecting a lot of people to, you know, to sign on uh, to our central repository. We were hoping we would get like 50, 60 and we can just connect them with hiring managers and our own companies. Today, we have about 500 plus. Within two weeks, it's been, you know, it's sad, but we have this feedback, like there's a lot of people out there. Not everybody knows about our initiative. So, you know, it's a small thing, but a lot of people have signed up. So, I mean, is this a thing that she just kind of does on her free time, like on top of her regular day job? Yes. <laughs> it's it's a sudden thing that happens and you have family, you have kids here uh, who've grown up here and to uproot, sell everything and move back to your home country uh, within two months. For any human, any individual, it's it's hard. They just, you know, in a similar situation, they can sympathize and there's something they can do about it. We did sign up for this. When we come on work visas, we know what we're signing up for. It's not like, you know, things have changed on us. But the circumstances right now are really hard. Um, And that's all I'll say about that. So it seems like Vidi is helping with sort of the immediate stuff, just helping people find jobs and get connected to employers. And you mentioned earlier that H-1B visa holders have 60 days to do this. But with so many people looking for a job right now, I have to imagine it's probably really hard to find one. Yeah. There are a couple of issues at play. One, you have a lot of companies who are letting go of people at the same time. And many of the people that they're letting go of are specifically in HR and recruiting, it's going to be slow. It's going to be slow for that same company to pick up new people. Secondly, it's the holiday season. People are leaving town. They're on vacation. You know, there's holiday hours truncated, not just in terms of companies, but also government agencies. This is just this is just a bad time of year uh, to be trying to transition from from one visa sponsor to another. So time is of the essence. Sophie Alcorn runs Alcorn Immigration Law in Mountain View, and she also writes about immigration for TechCrunch. A lot of the laid off tech workers have plenty of savings. They could find another job eventually, but getting through the holiday season with uh, the December holidays plus the hiring freezes, it's going to be really hard to get an offer within the 60-day grace period that would allow the future employer to get an H-1B ready for filing with the government. You know, when we talk about 
60 days is the grace period. Really, it's not 60 days because let's say that I'm looking for a job and, you know, lo and behold, I find one and it's for, you know, Acme Incorporated Widgets Production. They've got to figure out the paperwork. They may need several weeks to get that done. So a lot of the the experts I'm talking to, immigration attorneys like Sophie Alcorn, um, are saying you've got to find that job really within a month if you want all the you know T's to be crossed and the I's to be dotted in time for you to get that new job and stay in the country. I've been advising people to try to get interviews as soon as possible and if at all possible, try to accept an offer before the end of the first month of the H-1B grace period. What can employers do to sort of ease the pain of this situation for H-1B visa holders? So so different companies have promised different kinds of support. Um, Meta's Mark Zuckerberg, for instance, in, in his blog post, indicated that, you know, whatever internal resources are available to provide counseling, they will be provided to people who are visa holders uh, with all of their situations. You know, I've got family members here and family members there, and this is my particular concern. Another form of support I, I thought was interesting came from Lyft, where they did something uh, clever, interesting, not entirely proven. <laughs> Lyft is offering those on visas the option to extend employment with no expectation to work for an additional eight weeks in lieu of eight weeks of severance. And Sophie Alcorn says that can be a really huge benefit because it provides a longer runway uh, for those families. And oftentimes we are talking about families to make, to transition to, to new employment. Right. Sounds like any, any little thing helps. Absolutely. Those are still sort of temporary fixes. I'm wondering if there's anything else that Sophie or others are, are trying to do or that they want for these H-1B visa holders. Sophie hinted that she has been talking behind the scenes with some lawmakers about the idea of lobbying the Biden administration to extend the 60-day grace period to say something like 180 days. We're putting together a coalition to request executive action to temporarily extend the 60-day grace period for this group of people to 180 days so that there's more time runway to stay in the country and look for other jobs or self-petition green cards or without illegally working, uh, create a funded startup that could then you know, be their employer in the future. So hopefully we'll have some announcements there soon. And when we say lobby the Biden administration, that's because there could be some kind of executive action. That executive action would have to happen at a very specific agency, which is to say U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. So the congressional offices I talked to said, go ask them. And uh, the the answer I got in response was uh, very wordy and very vague. I didn't see anything in the response I got from an agency spokesperson that indicates that any kind of imminent help is on the way. And that help would have to be imminent to be helpful. 
Well, Rachel, we're talking about so many people who work and live and have families here in the Bay Area. What do you think this story says about the state of the region right now? Economists will tell you that it doesn't look like we're plunging off a cliff, headed into something that looks like the Great Recession. That's good. <laughs> it is worth pointing out that, that companies fire and hire all the time, especially big companies. If you work in something that's heavily dependent on ad revenues, well, then maybe you want to think about transitioning into another line of work within tech or biotech. If you work in something that is expected to be a growth area, I'm thinking, you know, artificial intelligence, for instance, in healthcare, there's probably going to be work for you coming forward. So that's something to bear in mind. You know, what, what's happening at, at Meta, for instance, or what's happening uh, at, at uh, Lyft is not an indicator of the entire tech situation or the entire biotech situation in the Bay Area. And we have a, a very robust economic engine here. The question that is so imminent for so many H-1B visa holders is whether they get to participate going forward. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Rachel Myro, senior editor for KQED's Silicon Valley Desk. You can read more of Rachel's reporting on this at kqed.org. We'll also leave you a link in our show notes. This 42-minute conversation with Rachel was cut down and edited by senior editor Alan Montecilio. I produced this one. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Peace. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.